0: Hi, and welcome to episode 190 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create community, build connection, and make your difference in the world. This podcast is brought to you by Sendable, which is the all-in-one social media management tool that my agency uses every single day to schedule our posts and to analyze our social media results. You can try them out for yourself today by going to onlinedrea.com slash Sendable. And I'm super excited for today's guest, which we will get to in a moment. Uh, but if you want to learn more about how to leverage social media as a powerful tool to grow your business, check out our free course. It's at onlinedrea.com/free, and you get an end-to-end social media strategy, yeah, for free, like zero dollars. And we have tons of bonus content in there, like done for you Canva templates, captions, and more. Check it out for yourself: onlinedrea.com/free. Now, today we have Trina Little on the podcast who has a master's degree in business, y'all, but she is all about YouTube. She helps online business owners develop YouTube strategies and allows them to scale their businesses by driving more traffic to their offers with the right videos. She creates YouTube videos that work for her 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so she doesn't have to. And I low-key been stalking her online for years, loved her videos, and then we connected and worked together for a little bit. Uh, But I'm really excited to bring all of her knowledge to you here today. Trina, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to dive into all things YouTube because I'm an OG YouTuber. I dabbled with how I got my start. (laughs) I met my husband on YouTube. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So I want to hear your YouTube journey though. When did you start and why YouTube? I started
1: around 2015. I maybe the year before that, only because I was pregnant for the first time and I was the first person in our group of friends to be pregnant. So I had no idea what was happening. And I don't know how I just got to YouTube at some point in time. And I started watching mommy vloggers. I guess you would call them. They, I don't think they were calling themselves that at the time, but they were people who were pregnant. I found a girl who I still watch occasionally makeup by Tiffany first person I ever subscribed to. She was literally two months ahead of me in pregnancy. And so I started watching everything that she posted. I started, okay, she's at six months. This is what she's feeling. Okay, that's what I can expect. And as I was watching her content and got down the rabbit hole of YouTube with my background in business and marketing, I realized, holy cow, whatever this girl talks about, like I'm bought in. This is the most powerful marketing that I've ever seen. And she's not even doing it as like a business. She's just on YouTube talking about her experiences and I feel like we're friends and I'm going to buy whatever she recommends that I buy. And so that's when I really got curious, when my marketing mind was pretty much blown away. How is this happening? So when I started, I thought, I'm going to do what she did. I'm going to be a mummy vlogger, not my zone of genius. I I actually, on a recent YouTube video, I shared a clip from one of my very first vlogs I did with my daughter And I was not the person that was going to be vlogging out in public and going to Target and talking to my camera. And so I started sharing these little tips and tricks that I had learned about video on a YouTube channel dedicated just to business owners who were wanting to learn more about YouTube. And that's kind of how the snowball effect happened. Uh, That's when shortly after I had somebody reach out to me and ask if I could help them do YouTube and get their videos on YouTube. I was the editor. I was the uploader, the optimizer, the whole shebang. That's what I was doing for my channel and clients' channels. And that's kind of the shortcut of how this all snowballed into what we have
0: now over here. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love that you tried the vlogging thing. I did too. I'm just so nervous. Like people would walk by and I would pretend like I was fiddling with something (laughs) else because I can't do it. Like I like, I like being home and recording videos, but being in the public, not for me.
1: (laughs) I still to this day don't have vlogging nailed down even at home because we're not we're still not going anywhere really. And so I'm trying to vlog at home what I'm doing or do some more storytelling and I can't remember. I'm like, oh yes, I should have vlogged that. I didn't. I would rather just sit down, talk to the camera, knock it all out at once instead of trying to remember all day. Oh, I gotta pick the camera up.
0: Yeah, it truly is a different skill and a different set of habits that I don't have. Um mm-hmm. I like to keep things separate too. So like live my life and then like work. Separate things. Absolutely. (laughs) So so I love that you created this separate channel for the business side. One of my questions from a strategic perspective on YouTube is, you know, how niche do you have to go on your channel? If you want to vlog your personal life and talk about business, can that be on the same channel or should you have two different channels?
1: It can. Uh, It has to have a tie-in, right? So what the algorithms, because there's Lots of algorithms going on. It's not just the almighty one algorithm. What the algorithms are trying to figure out is who is most likely to watch your content. So, if you, this is why I separated mine. On my mom channel, I was sharing more like routines for moms and meal planning and organization. And those were the type of people watching those videos. More moms wanting to learn organizing and managing taking care of kids. Whereas my business channel really focused on YouTube, editing, um, business planning, really. And so if I publish a video on my business channel about organizing my closet, the business channel people are going to be like, what the heck is this? This is when I subscribe to. Ultimately, maybe unsubscribe. Or even if they don't watch that, the algorithms are going to say there's something wrong with this video. Why aren't people interested in it? And then it's not learning what type of person wants to watch your content. And then vice versa. If I put like how to set up your YouTube workflow in Asana over on my mom channel, those people will be like, what is Asana? Why are you sharing this? And so if you can tie it all together, so my niche is YouTube pretty much. But I'm talking to business owners. So I know my audience is business owners. If I drop a video about workflows, my audience will still like it. Um, It won't get as much reach what I've experienced because YouTube's really, really put me in this YouTube box, but my audience will still appreciate it and still wanna watch it. And YouTube will understand those are the type of people to watch it. So long story short again, (laughs) if you can make sure the audience that you're creating the content for will like what you're creating, it all ties together for that person, That's what helps you on YouTube because YouTube's really got to know who they should be serving your videos to.
0: Yeah. Okay. So my follow-up question to that would be, you know, what makes a good video for business mm-hmm. owners? I see a lot of conflicting advice out there about, you know, should you lead people off the platform? Cause ultimately we are all selling things. That's why we're here. Um, or should you lead people to other videos? You know, how long the videos should be, what should even be in the videos themselves? So can you talk to us about what makes a good video, especially for mm-hmm. business owners who ultimately were trying to for our businesses.
1: Yeah. So one of the first things that you really need for a good video is a good title and thumbnail. When we're developing strategies for our agency clients, we are developing that title and that thumbnail concept. Before we even start figuring out what we want them to say in that video, because your title and your thumbnail is your primary marketing material. And if you can't get people to click on that, it doesn't matter how good your content is, how professionally edited it is. if You have the best camera in the world. If you can't get people to click on that video, they're never going to see it. And so one of the very first things that you should have is a good title and a good thumbnail so when you plan your content for that video, it, promise, it delivers on that promise of the title, right? The title should promise some type of great content that your audience wants. Then your content fully delivers on that title. Um, as far as length, however long it takes you to deliver on that promise of the title, I have videos that are six minutes. I have a video, I think next week my video editor hates me that ended up being 30 minutes long because I really wanted it to be an in-depth, detailed video because the goal, I've, I think the goal was to set up a calendar for social media so they knew what to post when. And so that's how long it took me. And I'm not timing myself, like hitting a timer when I'm recording, okay, this is how long I could go. It just ends up being however long it needs to be. I think the golden number rule kind of spun from, I don't know if it's still the truth on YouTube, but your video had to be at least 10 minutes long to put in video ads. So you had to have at least a 10 minute video to put an ad in your video at like three minutes, five minutes, wherever. And so that's kind of where that 10 minute rule came from is for monetization purposes. And then the last piece of that is, where do you send people? Just like any other social platform, They want you to keep people on their platform. YouTube is going to make more money the more videos people watch because they're going to see more ads. And so what I do is I teach this structure called the firework approach where there is a core video and that core video is very meaty, very detailed. So you show your expertise, you help them accomplish something. And at the end of that video, you send them off of the platform wherever you want them to go, a webinar, a lead magnet, a work with me page, then the spark videos, right? A firework kind of has that core where things explode. And then you have the spark, four to five spark videos all teach a different aspect of that core video. And then the call to action for those is to watch the core video. Because what this does is YouTube will then push all the spark videos, if you've done it right, to more people. Because YouTube says, oh, these videos, people are then clicking on another video and watching like a 30 minute long video. So the spark videos will be pushed out. You'll also be building your trust with people. People aren't likely to subscribe or buy into you after one video. So if you get them to watch one of your spark videos and then watch a core video, they gonna be more likely to convert when they do pop over to that lead magnet page and subscribe to your channel. So I really recommend trying to minimize sending them off of the platform but doing it in a strategic way so it helps you grow on YouTube so that you reach more people potentially more leads but also make your business happy as well.
0: This is brilliant. Like I'm loving the concept of, you know, having both types of content, you know, the kind of content where people discover you and then the kind of content where they are actually converting into your offers, which is amazing. Um, The thing that always pops into my mind and the question I get from a lot of my students and clients is, Andrea, this sounds like it's going to take a lot of time. (laughs) Uh, But I do want to emphasize the best thing about YouTube is that you make it once and it's there forever. It's not like other platforms where, you know, put energy into an Instagram post and it's like nobody's looking at it in a week. I have a YouTube video that's like five years old now people are still finding it and finding me through that video. So I want to emphasize that. But coming back to the point of time, how much time does it take to kind of do this sort of strategy? Because I know we all have a limited amount of that precious resource.
1: Yeah. So what I try to break down to people is calculating how much you're already spending on content, blog posts, podcasts, Instagram Real stories, feed, whatever, all you're doing over on Instagram. And think how much time you're spending on that. If you could even contribute half of that time to YouTube, you could probably pull this off because the way that I make this possible, I've got two small kids. I've got an agency. I've got an education business. Like I've got a lot on my plate too. And we're still just a very small team. So it's not like I have everything outsourced either. And so if you can batch things, I know I'm going to batch, researching my content in a day. And for what I do is I will plan a month's worth of content at a time. So that's four videos, four videos, one a week. Um, that may take me half a day to plan. And then on a separate day, I'm going to film those videos. I don't do them on the same day, only because you want your brain to be ready to go and you want to be fresh if you're researching, you're, you're going to start dying out because researching takes a lot of energy to just make sure you have a good game plan going into your videos. So when you do record, when you can do your hair and makeup and you have some quiet time at home, you can bang those videos out quickly because you've created this research plan and I like to call it a video game plan instead of a script, because I don't want you reading word for word from a script. That's a whole nother issue we could go down. But just having a game plan to record these videos. So when you have the time to sit down, you can bang four out in half a day. And that's saying it's going to take you an hour to shoot one video. We talked about the length of the video could be anywhere from like five minutes to 30 minutes. And so it should be ideal to shoot four videos in half a day. So that's kind of one day right now, right? Half the day planning, another half of the day filming. And then you can outsource video editing if you can't. Simplify it. Don't overdo it. You may realize once you get videos on YouTube, like your simple editing techniques, people are watching to the end. And that's all that really matters is if you're getting people to watch your entire video, you may realize I don't even need fancy editing. I just did simple cuts and people are loving it. So you really want to think about that. Like, can I commit a day and a half, maybe two days a month for this content that is going to live forever? And I know we're probably going to talk a little bit more about how else you can use it, but it really starts to round out your entire social media strategy as well.
0: Yes. Yes. We'll definitely get to that. And I love how simple you made it too with the batching. I do find for myself as well, like planning and recording has to be separate, And then recording and then editing, too, has to be separate. And y'all, when I started on YouTube in 2007, I was just using the iMovie that came with my MacBook, and that tool can do a lot. So you don't have to get super fancy with it. And honestly, those fancy tools, there's a steep learning curve here yes. and it may deter you from actually yes. doing it.
1: <laughs> and Canva has some great video effects now that, you know, how you see those cool title screens that say like step one or like where you break it down, you can create those in Canva now. And what I, I tell people is like, take the time to set those all up once in Canva as templates, Then you're just copying and pasting every single video, updating the title or creating your subscribe button and using it in every single video. Canva has been amazing to
0: elevate video editing in the past few months as well. Oh, yes. Huge Canva stand. My ultimate goal is like, (laughs) I want to be a Canva ambassador. Like, give me the t-shirts. Give me all of it. Yes. Um, one of the things you mentioned while you were talking about the videos was watch through, and this is something that I hear a lot for YouTube specifically is the first metric is you got to get people to start watching. And then the second one is they got to watch the whole video. Um, how do you like start measuring the success of your videos, especially since we are putting a lot of time and energy into this resource?
1: Yeah. So audience retention, obviously what you're mentioning is a metric that the YouTube studio or the YouTube analytics gives you. There's so much free stuff behind there. It can be overwhelming all this data because YouTube wants you to succeed. YouTube wants content that people are watching because they're going to make more money. So they're going to tell you how to make better content. So like you said Prior to audience retention, you need to get people to click on it. We talked about title and thumbnail. And that metric that you should be looking at is your click-through rate. And then once you get people to click on it, are you getting people to watch your video? Because YouTube's not going to put content on the homepage or suggest it and even search, like you can have all the best keywords in the world, but if your content's not good, YouTube's still not going to put it in search results. So what you really want to do is look at your audience retention of your video and seeing how much of it people are watching. Most of the time, you're going to see a huge drop-off in that first 30 seconds. That's, again, why I highly recommend knowing your title and your thumbnail before crafting that hook so that you can ensure they really work well together and that you're delivering on that promise super early in the video to keep people watching. Kind of a metric that I shoot for or as a goal, and I'm not hitting this, not even in every single video. I do have some clients that do, but you want to get about 50% of people that click on your video to at least the last 20 seconds. Reason being at 20 seconds, you can add those things called end cards where people can click on, they're clickable. Then you can get people to another video. And if you can get people to another video, you become more valuable to YouTube because people watch your entire video and people watch another video. And what we see... When we see clients' videos or clients' channels that tend to take off and kind of go viral is when they can get people to the end, 50% or more, and they have at least a 8 or more percent end screen click-through rate to another video. That's when that channel's video tends to really take off. YouTube starts recommending it more. You see that YouTube is doing all the promoting of that video for that client.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love geeking out about the numbers too, because it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, the fancy editing or, you know, what is the background going to look like? But ultimately those are the numbers to track and you don't really need all that stuff to get that far. Um, Okay. Before we talk about repurposing for social, which I do want to talk about, I want to get your thoughts on YouTube shorts. We've been testing this on our brand, on our client's brand. I have some mixed feelings. I have a few of my shorts that have kind of taken off, but I'm not quite sure what YouTube's end goal is. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on those as well. Mixed thoughts as well. So we
1: have some members in our program that have done well with shorts and shorts have helped them predominantly like crafters, DIYers, they have helped. Um, for me, shorts kind of did nothing. Um, meaning we got views on them, but it didn't convert into subscribers or like returning viewers. And so I also am not sure how YouTube is working shorts or what they're wanting. I found for my niche, my channel, after looking at the data, it really wasn't even worth it to take a repurposed reel or TikTok and add it to YouTube because it got views, but it didn't go further than that. So I don't know. I haven't dove into it. Like I said, I always recommend people try things for at least six to eight weeks and get some numbers and then make their determination after that. I can't say it's across the board because we do have DIYers and crafters that have seen reels result in subscriber growth as well.
0: Yeah. And I wish they would put the shorts somewhere else. Like I hate seeing them on my, Mm -hmm. like all videos page. It just makes my (laughs) control. They need to do something else with it. And I'm excited to see what they do in the future. Um, Okay. So let's talk about repurposing these YouTube videos. I know that, you know, we put a lot of of time and energy into creating these videos and there's so many things we can do to extend the length of them. So what do you recommend for taking YouTube videos and making them into other pieces of content?
1: Yeah. So, I love trying to repurpose it as much as possible. And after working with you for a while, I started to really see social media in a different light and also reels because, you know, reels are so hot right now. And honestly, to take a YouTube video and splice it up for a reel is going to be way more work for you than breaking down either one point that you talked about in that video and making a series of reels or jamming your key takeaways in that video and shooting it as a reel. So I would just, you know, shoot your YouTube video and then do that reel right after it. Just talk about those key takeaways because you've already done the research. You've already done the plan. You already know what you want to be talking about. So it's not necessarily repurposing the video for reels or maybe even on stories, but repurposing the content that you plan out and you research. I know also when I do my YouTube videos, I do my stories for the day that video is going to go live as well. So I do four to five stories sharing why this video is important, what they're going to learn. And so again, it's not taking your YouTube video, but it's repurposing that piece of content that you have created. You can turn that into a blog post. I use it as my newsletter content every single week. So I'm showing up to my email list every single week with valuable content. I use uh, about three to four minutes of it over on Instagram TV because we've seen it's easier to get people from Instagram over to YouTube. Uh, So if we can just do about a couple minutes over on Instagram TV and say, you know, watch the full video over on YouTube, we do see traction that way. And then we put the whole video over on Facebook. It's, It's really hard for us to link Facebook to YouTube. We don't see necessarily a lot of traffic from Facebook over to YouTube. And so what we do is we just use the full video over on Facebook. Um, It helps you creating video content over there. You can use it as video views for Facebook ads. But yeah, that's how I'm really starting to multiply this one piece of content in the way the platforms are working now. Like 2019, Every platform just wanted video. It didn't care what format it was coming in. You just give them video and they were going to show it to everybody. But now it's a little bit more strategic about thinking of this piece of content and using it wisely.
0: I love that you talked about how you're repurposing it for the different platforms because I'm with you. And that like a few years ago, you could just like plop the same, you know, 30 second clip on every platform and go boop, we're done. That's great. In um, 2022 social media is like, nuanced. It's very nuanced. So I like that you talked about how you're approaching those nuances, any new trends that you're going to try in the upcoming year? Trends. Well, what we're
1: focusing on right now is I'm trying to minimize my social media spread. So I've also felt as social media has changed, each platform needs more attention than it did before. And so what we are focusing on is I'm trying to up my game over on YouTube. So we're doing two videos a week over on YouTube to try to get to that 100K mark. It's a vanity metric. I shouldn't be so bought into it, but I also want to have that number to just be like, ha, huh, ha showed you. I know what I'm talking about, but it's just a vanity metric. Um, and then really on Instagram. I want to play around with more video over on Instagram. I've committed to forcing myself to do three reels a week, picking a number that's doable for me, but it's consistent as well. Um, and so I think those are kind of the trends I'm looking at. It's just picking, getting back to the roots, right? Picking one or two social media platforms and doing really well on those. I think we see a lot of burnout in entrepreneurs the past couple of months. And I think it's because we've been spreading ourselves so thin, trying to do everything. And so I'm trying to bring it back a little bit. I don't know if that's a a trend, but that's where I'm at. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, definitely trending. Like this, this call back to simplicity, because it does feel like there are a lot of options to try on mm-hmm. social media. And then, even with a platform like Instagram, it's like 10 platforms in one. So right? <laughs> there's so much there that you can do. So, even just focusing on a platform like that could be very helpful. Um, Oh my gosh. There's so many gems that we talked about today. For those of you who are listening, I hope you're taking notes because this was fantastic. And if you want to learn more, we actually have a free handbook for you. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah. So this YouTube handbook basically walks you through everything you need to do on your YouTube channel to set it up for success on day one. And what I equate success to is organic traffic. The other thing that we can look at the past couple of years is Facebook ads has kind of blown up. And so looking at using YouTube as an organic means of getting more traffic to your offers, to your lead magnet, to your email list. And so the handbook just walks you through all of those first steps to getting a couple videos out to ensure you're doing it in a way that's going to attract organic
0: leads to your business. Okay. You guys have to grab this handbook. It sounds amazing. And if you want to connect with Trina, we have all of her social links in the uh, show notes, which you can find at onlinedrea.com slash one nine zero. Um, any last thoughts or words that you want to give to our listeners today? I would say kind
1: of the biggest question I always get is how do I get started? And it's just put a video up. Um, There's going to be no right strategy from the start. You can't plan the strategy from the start. You've got to get content up on YouTube, look at your numbers, look at your data, then you can craft a clear strategy and just get videos up. I always say like six to eight before you can really get some clear data on how you should be editing, what content is picking
0: up, what people are saying. And so just start getting videos up on YouTube. Yes, I love it. Just do it. The first one's probably going to be bad anyway. So just do always, it. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trina, for being on the show. This has been great. Thank you. And if you want to learn more from Trina, stay tuned, stay on our email list because we have some treats coming up in the Savvy Social School that y'all are going to love. So definitely stay tuned for that. As mentioned, all of our episode notes are at onlinedray.com slash 190. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. I believe it's Follow Now we're supposed to say, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can actually leave us a review on Spotify now as well. Next week, I have Travis Brown on the show. He has been blowing up on Instagram. So he's coming back to tell us what he changed since his last interview and really excited about that one. So I'll see y'all next week for another episode. Bye for now.